Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Untucked Life Podcast, where we care a lot more about a lot less. Today, we'll be reading an article called Rethinking Fear, written by Shane Parrish from the FS blog. I'll leave a link in the description for you to be able to check out the original article and also check out Shane's other work. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Rethinking Fear. Fear is a state no one wants to embrace. Yet, for many of us, it's the background music to our lives. But by making friends with fear and understanding why it exists, we can become less vulnerable to harm and less afraid. Read on to learn a better approach to fear. In The Gift of Fear, Survival Signals that Protect Us from Violence, author Gavin DeBecker argues that we all have an intuitive sense of when we are in danger. Drawing upon this experience, is a high-stakes security specialist. He explains how we can protect ourselves by paying better attention to our gut feelings and not letting denial lead us to harm. Our intuition, honed by evolution and by a lifetime of experience, deserves more respect. By telling us to value our intuition, DeBecker isn't telling anyone to live in fear permanently, always alert for possible risks. Quite the opposite. DeBecker writes that we misunderstand the value of fear when we think that being constantly hypervigilant will keep us safe. Being afraid all the time doesn't protect us from danger. Instead, he explains, by trusting that our gut feelings are accurate and learning key signals that portend risks, we can actually feel calmer and safer. Quote, far too many people are walking around in a constant state of vigilance. Their intuition misinformed about what really possesses danger. It needn't be so. When you honor accurate intuitive signals and evaluate them without denial, believing that either the favorable or unfavorable outcome is possible, you need not be wary, for you will come to trust that you'll be notified if there is something worthy of your attention. Fear will gain credibility because it won't be applied wastefully. Unquote. When we walk around terrified all the time, we can't pick out the signal from the noise. If you're constantly scared, you can't correctly notice when there is something genuine to fear. True fear is a momentary signal, not an ongoing state. DeBecker writes that, quote, if one feels fear of all people all the time, there is no signal reserved for the times when it's really needed, unquote. What we fear the most is rarely what ends up happening. Fixating on particular dangers blinds us to others. We focus on checking the road for snakes and end up getting knocked over by a car. DeBecker writes that it matters that we're receptive to fear, not that we're watching out for what scares us the most. Though, of course, different things pose different risks to different people, and we should evaluate accordingly. After all, quote, we are far more open to signals when we don't focus on the expectation of specific signals, unquote. Fear versus anxiety. Fear is not the same as anxiety. Although people experiencing anxiety are often afraid of both the anxiety and what they presume to be its cause, these two states have different triggers. DeBecker explains one of the key factors that differentiates the two. Quote, anxiety, unlike real fear, is always caused by uncertainty. It is caused ultimately by predictions in which you have little confidence. When you predict that you will be fired from your job and you are certain the prediction is correct, you don't have anxiety about being fired. You might have anxiety about the things you can't predict with certainty, 
such as the ramifications of losing the job, predictions in which you have high confidence free you to respond. Let's read that again. Predictions in which you have high confidence free you to respond. Adjust, feel sadness, accept, prepare, or to do whatever is needed. Accordingly, anxiety is reduced by improving your prediction, thus increasing your certainty. Understand that when we're anxious, it's because we're uncertain. The solution to this, then, isn't worrying more. It's doing all we can do to find clarity or working to accept that uncertainty is part of life. Using fear. What can we learn from DeBecker's call to rethink fear? We learned that we'll be in a better position if we can face possible threats with a calm mind, alert to our internal signals, but not anticipating every possible bad thing that could happen. While being told to stop panicking never helped anyone, we benefit by understanding that being overwhelmed by fear will hurt us more. Our imaginary fears harm us more than reality ever does. If this approach sounds familiar, it's because it echoes ideas from Stoic philosophy. Much like to Becker, the Stoics urged us to be realistic about the fact that bad things can and will happen to us throughout our lives. No one can escape that. Once we face that reality, some of the shock goes away and we can think about how to prepare. After all, catastrophe and tragedy are part of the journey, not an unexpected detour. Being aware and accepting of the inevitable terrible things that will happen is actually a critical tool in mitigating both their severity and impact. We don't need to live in fear to stay safe. A better approach is to be aware of the risks we face, accept that some are unknown or unpredictable, and do all we can to be prepared for any serious or imminent dangers. Then we can focus our energy on maintaining a calm mind and trusting that our intuition will protect us. Quote, We are more often frightened than hurt, and we suffer more from imagination than from reality. Seneca the Stoics also taught us that we should view terrible events as survivable. It would do us well to give ourselves more credit. We've all survived occurrences that once seemed like the worst case scenario, and we can survive many more. And that wraps up this article by Shane Parrish regarding rethinking fear. And I really, um, I really like this one. I think that um, I can still remember my old like security question was like what's your greatest fear and i remember i used to put failure and that is not um i don't think that's an accurate use of fear nor is it healthy but i remember that for the longest time that's what i used to be you know so afraid of is is failure but if you rethink that and you rethink what you know, what, what does that look like? Worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario of a podcast. Nobody listens to worst case scenario. You make YouTube videos and nobody watches you write blog posts and nobody reads, but ultimately all of those things are survivable. It's nothing, um, unrecoverable. There's nothing that would, um, potentially threaten my life or health or my family, any of that. So what's there really to be afraid of? Right. And I think that that applies um, in most situations. I like what Seneca was saying about we basically suffer more in our minds than we actually ever do in reality. And I think it's true. I think especially with social media, I think that 
FOMO and, you know, the whole fear of missing out is huge. And I think that that is really, really um, a negative undercurrent that is an unintentional or maybe intentional byproduct of basically having instant and immediate access to what a whole bunch of other people are doing um, all the time is you being afraid that you're going to miss out on some cool new trend or um, event or, you know, this person is getting married and you're not and, you know, maybe you're missing out or this person just bought that and you got to keep up with all these people. And to me, it's just you, you start to get anxious and potentially afraid that you're doing something wrong, not doing the right things. So I do think that um, our brains specifically are not developed enough to handle those types of inputs um, all the time and to reconcile that with um, with the same basic um, let's say internal engine that is supposed to protect you if you're like endangered from what would have been I don't know a lion. <laughs> back in let's say the uh the caveman days right it's that's the same type of fear except now you're afraid of um something significantly less life-threatening but it's being applied physically to your body um the same way so i like what shane is is talking about i like that he mentioned the stoics the stoics were really really big on this it was basically like look you're going to suffer, get over it. You worrying about suffering or, um, this happens a lot too. Like, let's say you have something nice, right? You've got a beautiful wife, you got beautiful kids and all you do is worry all the time about losing them. Um, or about something happening that, um, you're going to, you're, you're never going to get to enjoy the fact that you have them. It's like, the higher you get up on the pedestal, the more you're worried about losing your status and the less you can enjoy what you actually have. It, it's, it's such a paradox, but you see it all the time. And I think, again, that's another uh, miscalculation, so to speak, right? If, if something terrible happens to someone in your family, you're never going to be prepared for it. And if you worry about it from now until the day that something bad happens, guess what? You're still not going to be prepared for it. If your kids get sick, if your spouse gets sick, if you get sick, um, no matter how much worrying you did before that injury or illness, it's not going to help you. I know one, um, one thing that when I look back at my accident, when, um, I wrecked my one wheel all these months back is that I never once thought about getting hurt um, when I used to ride. So it was a very freeing and enjoyable experience. Now, one thing that I deal with is even when I look at the one wheel, all I can think about is you're going to get hurt. 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 And if that's what I'm thinking about, before I ride, while I ride, guess what? The chances are that I'm probably not going to be paying that much attention to actually riding it because I'm too afraid of getting hurt. And guess what? That's not going to help me um, at all. It's not going to prevent me from getting hurt. If anything, it's only going to make me more likely to get hurt because I'm not actually paying attention to the things I need to.
So that's just another example of um, fear, right? And how it can creep in and undermine uh, some of the things that you're trying to do. Sure, should you be cautious? Absolutely, you should be cautious, but you can't worry yourself safe. I don't care how good of a worrier you are. It's not going to prevent bad things from happening. It will not insulate you. It will only make you miserable. So then you're miserable all the way leading up to a terrible event. The terrible event happens. You're miserable during the terrible event. And then you're miserable after the terrible event because you're mourning the fact that you just went through a terrible event and then you die. And that's your whole life. And that sucks. So I would really try not to do that. And it's not an easy thing. I, you know, it's something that I struggle with. That's why I'm talking about it right here. But I like this. I like what Shane has to say. I'll link this article in the show notes. Check it out. Check out um, this book by Gavin DeBecker, The Gift of Fear, um, if, if this is something you're into. And um, yeah, hope you found this article helpful. And my thoughts on it afterwards, um, a little interesting. And that wraps up another article. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What am I talking about? That wraps up another podcast here at The Untucked Life where we care more about a lot less. And today we read from the FS blog, Farnham Street, Shane Parrish, brilliant guy. I love his work on mental models. It is just, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to call them shortcuts because it's not, it's not fair but he's very big on repurposing things that other people have already figured out. And I just like that. I, I like that approach. I think it's very helpful. I think it's very timely. I think it's very timeless. Um, and it's, I've definitely found a tremendous amount of value. So this is an article I just happened upon when I was looking through their philosophy page, um, on the website, but, uh, it turns out to be really helpful. I like it. Um, rethinking fear based on a book written by Gavin DeBecker called the gift of fear. And in this article, we talked about fear versus anxiety and how to use fear and also how to rethink it. One quote that I would like to end on, um, which is from my boy Seneca, is that we are more often frightened than hurt and we suffer more from imagination than from reality. Think a bit on that one and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.